This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharudin. You're tuned into Gigi Wellplayed, BFM's video game show. Pocket Pair's latest game, Palwell, has taken the world by storm, selling 8 million copies on Steam in the first six days of its early access release in the middle of January. Yep, the game hasn't even been fully developed technically and already has garnered a huge following and player base. But not without its controversies though, with a lot of people claiming that the survival shooter monster collector game resembles a certain franchise from Nintendo that's pretty well known. Najaman Maliki will be joining me later to sift through the noise and give his impressions of the game. But before that, Wan Amirul Adlan, independent game journalist, will be joining me to talk about the conversations surrounding the game and why it has garnered so much attention. Let's start by getting to know the developer first, Pocket Pair. Prior to Pellworld, they were known for making games such as Craftopia, Nevergrave, The Wish and the Curse, Over Dungeon, and AI Art Imposter. So, Pocket Pair in general, like, they're very small. Very small studio. Like everything, everything we've read about, like the development of Palworld, sounds like a bunch of people who are just kind of like doing it for fun. And I don't know what the size of the studio is exactly, but I very much get the feeling that Palworld was not supposed to explode the way it did. That that means that I haven't spoken to anyone from the studio itself. But the most important thing about it is. In games nowadays, the one of the big debates is about AI stuff. So one one thing that will become prevalent in this story is the fact that one of their games actually did use AI art. It's called AI Imposter, which was where you were supposed to spot which artwork was AI generated and which was drawn by other people. It's like a party game kind of thing. Mm. Alright, yeah. So um, before we get get into the controversy surrounding uh, Palworld, um, the game itself, I think. If I'm not mistaken, the game's reveal trailer was first released in 2021, and even then, I guess、uh, a lot of people were already claiming that it was Pokemon with guns, right?、Uh, now, fast forward to the game's early access release、uh, earlier this year, that claim seems to be repeated with more fervor. Yeah, but I guess prior to that,、uh, before talking about the controversies, can you just I guess paint the picture of the game's success? You know, if I'm not mistaken,、um, the game sold 8 million copies in less than six days. Yeah, maybe you can just talk a bit about the success that the game is enjoying so far. Yeah. So okay. First of all, the Pokemon with guns thing. Whoever first coined that is like a marketing genius, <laughs> because it's not entirely accurate to the game, but goodness, does it stick in your head, doesn't it?、Mm. <laughs> so with、uh, with power. So one of the things is that survival games, survival crafting games, time and time and again, they are good. Like. If you can get someone to play them, it will probably do well. I mean, look at Minecraft, look at Ark. So I think Palworld would have been successful with or without the controversy around it. But I think the fact is that so by calling in Pokemon with guns, right? The one one thing you need to know about the Pokemon community is they are very protective of Pokemon, like. Imagine if you had a girlfriend who did arts and crafts, for example, right? 
and you're a good supportive partner. You so you go, you are like she is the best at this, and then almost any time you see a scrap, you thought that is not mine. That is not her work. Why am I even looking at this? That's how the Pokemon community feels towards Pokemon. So the fact that you know when Powell's trailer first comes out and people are saying it's Pokemon with guns, like there were sites trained on this game. Hmm. And yeah, like you said, it it has it's one of the best selling games on Steam. I don't, I don't remember the specific statistics because they have been changing rapidly every day, <laughs> much to my uh, note taking chagrin. But yeah, it is probably it's definitely one of the best selling games this year. I feel, and this is in early access, mind you. If uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Steam has a program called Early Access where you're basically telling people this game is not finished yet, but you can buy it now to help continue the development. And I think that that lends to Pocket Pair's uh, smaller track record. Let's, let's, I guess, get into the, the controversy surrounding the game. Obviously, that's the obvious one. Um, I guess the likeness to um, a certain IP that's pretty popular uh, among Nintendo fans, right? Um, you can say that the characters, the pals, essentially, a lot of them uh, really look very similar to a lot of Pokemons, right? So, so I guess, paint the picture of, of the controversies surrounding this conversation, right? I guess, um, do you think that based on your observation as well, do you think that there's any grounds to this claim, I suppose? Okay, so I had prepared a little like flow for how, how to get into this because uh, so first of all, you have the first step is, like I said, you have the Pokemon fans, very protective of the IP. The moment you start comparing something to Pokemon, they are going to start watching it like a hawk, right? Mm. And then, uh, so I don't know if you're familiar with this, but in a lot of games, will kind of like they'll come out with a big outlandish trailer, and then they either never come out or they come out and it's mid whatever. Like fake games are totally a thing. Last year we had a big controversy with this game called The Day Before, which got a lot of marketing and then disappeared from Steam one day after launch. Mm, yes. Yeah. So, and Pal World, I was in the newsroom when that when that game first got announced and I looked at it and went, there's no way this game's coming up. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> you got some good social media buzz. There's no way this game's coming up. And then the second trailer comes out which shows the the labor camps and I was like, haha, okay, you got a second social media and that's, you're, you're promising way too much. There's no way it's coming out. And then lo and behold, the game comes out and we're all, and you know, everyone's like, oh my god, the game, it's out. I mean, it's early access, it's out and it's longer than the day before. <laughs> so now you have the Pokemon fans who are like well dang it this game actually came out so then they start going through the history of the CEO uh, Takuro Mizobe and they find tweets where he says hey I like AI because he responded to this Dali tweet of someone making like fake Pokemon with an AI art generator and saying, oh, that's cool. And so they run with the story. They say, this is proof Powell uses AI art. Oh my God, they use AI generated Pokemon. And again, you have to remember, this is a very passionate community looking to defend their small, small multi-billion dollar IP. 
So the story takes off over the weekend. I don't know if you were on Twitter that weekend. I actually had to mute the words power for a while because everyone was like, this game uses AI art assets. But funny thing is, Steam actually has a procedure where you have to disclose if a game uses AI art assets. And they didn't, they didn't say that. And now you have like the game's word against, you know, fans who want a reason to hate this game. And this kind, this pattern just kind of goes back and forth where someone claims that they have the smoking bullet and then everyone wants to roll with it. The thing is, is that Pokemon isn't even the only monster collector. You know, monster collecting is a popular genre, especially in Japan. Uh, like, you know, there's SMT, there's Digimon, none of which came from the Pokemon offshoot, you know. We're only now starting to see this second wave of games that are clearly inspired by inspired by Pokemon but I do think that a lot of the controversy around it so you know people like I said people were really desperate to find uh, find a smoking gun so they start putting 3D models side by side and be like see look it's got triangles just like just like this Pokemon model and it looks very compelling if you've never been to art school <laughs> But, like, once you take off the angry glasses and you go, well, no, you can put any two 3D models next to each other and put on the wireframe and say, see, look, it's similar. Mm. And that that's a lot of what caused the outrage to spiral out of, out of control, you know? Mm. That being said, as someone who is a Pokemon fan, you know. I, I have played a lot of Pokemon games. I've even completed the Pokedex once. And you can very clearly tell, like, there is a... There's one pal called Tombat who looks like one of my favorite, like, garbage Pokemon. Like, you know, you know the Pokemon that don't get to be on the posters all the time? Yeah. <laughs> so... Like, there's nothing in there that looks like Pikachu because you do that, like, you know, the entire fandom's going to come after you. So this, one, this is a loser Pokemon called Gliscor, one of my favorite Pokemon ever. It looks almost identical. Not Okay, it doesn't look like Gliscor, but uh, if you're a Monster Hunter player or if, you're in, if you know anything about 3D animation, it's using a similar skeleton structure to the point that the way it bobs up and down and swings its tail is is very very similar and like you can't deny the similarity there but i also don't think it's illegal (laughs) because like the games industry is very iterative in that sense you know yeah so so i think i think okay so there's there's that one aspect that 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 claim that i guess the game is is plagiarizing essentially uh pokemon um but if i'm not mistaken uh, based on what i've read um a lot of developers have also uh come out to i guess defend Pellwell, right by saying that oh with regard to ai generated content i think um even a lot of people have sort of like debunked it and, and say that that's not true uh but i, I guess the surrounding conversation or the remaining conversation regarding the essentially plagiarizing Pokemon is, is still quote-unquote there and still, I guess, happening uh, at this very moment. Um, and even the Pokemon company is also mulling and considering taking action against against Palworld, right? Uh, and Pocket Pair. Uh, do you think that that will actually happen anytime soon? 
So the Pokemon company statement, and okay, so I'm not representing the Pokemon company, I think. So this is 100% my armchair take. Mm. That statement reads less like, thank you for telling us about this game. We are looking into it and reads more like, please stop messaging us. <laughs> Our business email can only take so much. <laughs> Okay, meaning meaning that you think that they just feel the need to come up with a statement because a lot of people ha- have been, I guess, uh, harassing them to come up with a statement, I suppose? Yeah, because I can imagine, aside from fans, there's also, you know, obviously media are also reaching out for comments saying, like, hey, can you comment on this? And so I imagine that statement was more of a, please, we have better things. Uh, like, you know, we, we have work to do. Because... Uh, I don't know if your listeners know this. Nintendo is famously very litigious. <laughs> and if I feel like if there was a case, that trailer, that first trailer would have been the only trailer. Oh, okay. Maybe, but maybe they're also taking their time, right? And actually waiting to see whether they have grounds to actually do something about it, I suppose. Because like you said, they are very litigious and can be quite, I guess, prickly when it comes to things like this, right? Yeah, but... I feel like because like, you know, there's there's obviously two parts of that, right? There is the, oh, we want to sue them and there's the cease and desist. And I feel like the cease and desist always precedes the legal action. Mm. So I feel I feel like by now we'd have heard something about a cease and desist if they were interested in it. Mm, all right. Okay. So so from from your perspective, you think that they won't actually do anything about it? I don't think so because trademark is very specific. Like, they've, they've taken down the paid mod that replaced all the pals with actual Pokemon. In fact, actually, no, yeah, let's, t- let's talk about that. That is a good example of the speed I was talking about. Mm. Because the game came out, and I think it was, must have been two or three days, and suddenly there was a story about a paid mod that, you know, replaces everything with Pokemon. The characters become the anime characters. The pals become Pokemon. And it was paid on this guy's Patreon and then the next day was Nintendo has taken down the mod. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. So, so they're that efficient when it comes to, I guess, protecting the IPs, right? Yeah. Mm. So it's. I feel like, if anything, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the equivalent of like you know when you throw the meat into the water and all the fish start coming out. I feel like that was probably the best sign because, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of Nintendo adjacent fan communities, and we all know the the rule, which is like you know, don't don't piss off Nintendo. <laughs> all right, yeah, okay, that that's a good perspective. Yeah, okay, so let's let's talk about the success of of this game, right? Why do you think a lot of people are drawn into it? Um, do you think that to a certain extent, I guess. To a certain extent, it captures the imagination that people have with regard to Pokemon that perhaps Nintendo has so far failed to deliver, I suppose? Or do you think that the game has its own way of capturing people's imagination and and, um, appetite with regard to how a survival game should be like? Okay, so that's a great question because I think, again, as a Pokemon fan, as a, a really... This is not a good Pokemon game. It is, like, by no means a Pokemon game. Like... It is a survival game with Pokemon elements. It appeals way more to the survival game fans than it does to the Pokemon fans. Because typically, your monster collector, right? It's about dungeons. It's about, you know, RPG stuff. There's a plot. You're going somewhere. I've been playing Power World every day for the past, like, I don't know, must be three days. And all I've done is build a supply chain. (laughs) 
<laughs> all I've done is build a supply chain and refine that supply chain. And then I catch the big strong pals because, you know, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be my Pokemon team. And then I never use them for combat because they've got really good logging skills. So I send them to go to go cut timber for me instead. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I think a lot of its success is the fact that survival games are fun. And it's got multiplayer, so you can play with people. I think that's the only thing that uh, the only thing that does apply to the po- the Pokemon crowd is you can still build your party of pals, and then you can play in you know you can play with other people and be like, look, we're adventuring together. We're gonna take down this pal together, kind of thing. But other than that, like, I feel as a, as a veteran of monster collector games, like. The the hooks you get from a monster collector are just not there in Power World. Mm, all right, okay, all right. So we've seen uh, franchises burst onto the scene, but eventually fade out. Uh, Power World is technically still in early access. Um, but do you foresee this game um, remaining relevant and eventually making it to like a one release successfully? So, I, in my personal opinion, I think it's more of. The game's player count will go down. That that is uh that is an inevitability. But I don't think it will die out. I think it will have its its own like niche community that keep coming to it. And there will be articles I'd I'd say in about like eight months to say, uh Pal World, you know, was one of the biggest games in January, but it's dropped off. But then you're gonna see that community and they're gonna be like the most hardcore community. Because it kind of happens with every survival game. Uh, like again, Ark is the the most the most popular one. You also have games like Rust. You have games like Valheim. Like they're not made to be mass appeal. They're made to appeal to that core audience. And I think Pal World is going to find its core audience because there's a lot of people there right now. I'm sure you can build, you could put together a core audience there somehow. Hmm, yeah, I was speaking to my colleague, and he said that it might have the same power like Minecraft, even you know that you know it's still around and has been around, especially and has a core community that that's pretty passionate about it for years. Do you think that yeah, this game can go on as long as that, even? Go on, yes. I don't know if it will ever hit the pop culture juggernaut that Minecraft did, because there's been talks of like, oh, they want to get into merchandising and stuff, but I also think that. The problem is once you enter the realm of merchandising, what you're gonna you're gonna put the the pal next to the shelf next to Pikachu? <laughs> you, re- <laughs> you really think some kids going to put down their Pikachu doll and go look? It's Tom Bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very dangerous slippery slope, and I do think, like, cause. I've never heard anyone talk, say a pal's name. I had to look up Tom Bat's name just now. Mm, yeah, I, I think going back to that, I feel like to an extent, uh, because again, uh, I've been having a conversation about this game with my, my colleagues as well. And I think maybe for people who actually, you know, when, when it was quote-unquote marketed with the term uh, Pokemon with guns, I think it maybe the, the people or the person who actually coined that 
wasn't even a Pokemon fan in the first place, right? So I think to a certain extent, the fantasy of, I guess, playing a Pokemon game with guns, I suppose, appeals to technically the non-Pokemon fans, right? I suppose. maybe So maybe that's the reason why, I guess, even you yourself said that, oh, okay, you know, as, as a monster collector fan, you don't find Powell appealing that much, you know, in, in that genre at least, right? Yeah. That's, that's definitely a perspective a perspective to look at as well. Like, like I said, I think it's going to create Pal World fans. Like, you because you're going to have you know that that specific flavor. Because again, as a as a survival game, the way it uses you know the labor camp system is really, really, really interesting. Because in Pokemon, right? In Pokemon. I go out and I catch my Pokemon and that's it. You know, I caught, uh, I have one Garchomp, one Gliscor, one uh, one Avalog, all great Pokemon. But in Pal World, you, it's almost like Pokemon Go where you need to keep catching duplicates because someone's got to run the farm. And that creates a whole different dynamic. And I think fans... Pal, the newly minted Pal World fan is going to like that. Like, you're going to start seeing it in the next survival game that comes out when they bet, well, why can't I just catch animals and make them farm for me, kind of thing. I should mention, by the way, yeah, one of, one of the reasons why it's a really good survival game is that the Pal system is really, really clever. You put a Pal next to a thing, if it, if it can do it, it'll do it. Like, I started cooking and... My fox box came to help me cook faster. It was great. Mm. Like, it's a really, really well-made survival game. That is the point I'm trying to get at. Mm, right, yeah. And I've, I've heard a lot of, I guess, yeah, uh, good reviews with regard to how the game actually is, is running so far in terms of, I guess, the mechanics and also the the fact that despite being early access, it wasn't as janky as a lot of people expected it to be, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It runs really, really well. Like, I'm, I am surprised... Yeah, another thing um, that's pretty popular out there is that to a certain extent, Power is trying to also quote-unquote parody Pokemon. Do you, do, you, do you think that that's also what they're trying to achieve here? I, It's definitely not the core plan because I feel like, you know, if it were parody, it would, it would lean into it more. I feel like it's a very convenient legal excuse if, some, if a lawyer starts snooping around. But aside from that, like the closest thing I can think of like a parody element in the game is just the fact that you can capture people in that game. Mm. The the po- the pal sphere, sorry, doesn't does not discriminate and you can capture a po- you can capture people and make them work. And that's the closest thing to like a parody of Pokemon I I can see there. Aside from that, I think it's very much doing its own thing like if if i could like pretend i was in the boardroom for that this for that discussion it almost sounds like hey we want to do we wanted to do this we wanted to do a system where you could capture things and move here and someone said that's isn't that a bit too close to pokemon well why not we just double down on it then yeah, all right. Okay. So, um will you continue playing this game um for now or like do you think that you'll probably I guess get bored of it pretty soon? 
Uh, well, here, so here's the secret to how survival games last so long, right? It's the multiplayer is fun. Because even if the game doesn't get any new content for like the next two months, all it takes is my brother texting me saying, Hey, I found a new way to do something really stupid. Open up the Power World server so I can go and implement it. Then I'll keep playing. <laughs> That was Wan Amirul Adlan, independent game journalist, giving us his take on the controversies surrounding Pal World Pocket Pair survival game that's currently taking the world by storm. Najiban Maliki will join me later to give his impressions of the game. Stay tuned. This is Gigi Well Played on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, listening to Gigi Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. We've been talking about Pal World, the latest sensation that is currently making its waves in the gaming world with a huge player base and controversy surrounding it too. Independent game journalist Wan Amirul Adlan shared his thoughts on the game's success and the noises around it earlier on the show. Now we're going to hear what it's like to actually play the game. Najwan Maliki joins me now to share his impressions of Pocket Pair's Pal World. Yeah, so I, I, I found out about the game in a very interesting way for me at least, So I I watched this guy who streams on Twitch and TikTok. His name is Saiga Runner. Um, he plays like different different games. So he was actually playing Ark Survival. So I, I have been somewhat interested in playing Ark. It looks interesting. You, I mean, dinosaurs and survival. What's not to like? But you know, Ark is an oldish game, so I don't want to jump straight into it. So I was looking at people streaming the game, watching it. Like this is just pure coincidence. Literally a few days before Palwell got launched. So when Palwell got launched, a lot of people on chat just like spamming him, play Palwell, play Palwell. So he did. And yeah, it looks interesting. So I waited a day or two just, you know, just wanted to see how the game looks like and put the gun. And here we are. <laughs> All right. Okay. So tell me a bit more about it. Um, I guess to a certain extent, you're, 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 you're bought into the hype. But at the same time, you're also curious to... Uh, I guess I guess give it a go, right? Uh, mm. What makes you want to actually consider playing Pal? Is it because of the pals, or is it because of the I guess the genre of the game itself, which is I think to certain extent survival, I suppose. Mm, good, good question. Because honestly speaking, I don't know. <laughs> I want to say I don't know what what put me in because I don't know actually like what what entails. I have seen the trailer. Um, I know there was there there were some pals. I yeah, I think slightly slightly because of the pals, because um, one of the things that I don't actually have, I think we've talked about this before this before other in other shows as well. I don't actually have a Nintendo Switch, mm. so I don't actually have a proper way of actually playing uh, a Pokemon game. Mm. So when there's a game somewhat like. Pokemon. I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. I want to try it out. Yeah, I think that was what really triggered me. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but at the same time, you know enough that this game is not technically Pokemon, right? Because it, because it's not. I mean, you don't. I mean, you can collect monsters. Then yeah, but you're yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I definitely know that. I definitely know that it is not Pokemon. It doesn't look like it. I mean, obviously, the Palsies doesn't look like, which is like the Pokeball, doesn't look like it at all. It looks very different. Um, I do know. 
of like the quote-unquote controversy behind how quote-unquote cruel it can be. So I was like, oh, interesting. Someone's trying out an idea of like having these cutesy characters. I actually had a chat with my wife about it. It's like, oh, this game looks interesting. So we both together watched like a review of it on IGN and he was like, no, no. She was really against it because like you're getting like these quote-unquote cutesy characters. But at that time you were already... Exposed to the fact that you can do mischievous, quote mischievous, no, 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 actually, stuff about with, um, with the kid characters. I, I didn't know that yet. Uh. I just know that, like, because we, she was just, she saw this like cute lamb, literally balls, um, characters or, or creatures, like lambs in the form of a ball and getting hit and getting shot at. She's like, no, why would you shoot a, such a cute character? And and I thought I thought that was interesting. I thought that was like, oh. Okay, someone's trying to tackle that kind of like genre. So that's the quote-unquote violence. I saw. I didn't know the things about like, oh my God, there's so many air quotes, slaveries and like capturing and things like that. I didn't know that about that there and then. So okay, yeah, there's that. All right, yeah. okay. That, that aspect can quote-unquote be another, another <laughs> form of controversy, I suppose. But, but I guess we can, I guess, talk about it later or mm-hmm. if you want to or not. But um, again, this game is receiving rave reviews. A lot of people are playing it right now. Um, we're well aware of the controversies. We already spoken about the controversy earlier, so I don't want to focus so much on it. I want to focus on your impressions of this game. Mm. Yeah, so just describe to listeners who are not, I guess, aware of this game yet. Mm-hmm. What is it about? And what's the gameplay like? Mm. Okay, yeah, cool. So the, the game is about um, you, the, your character, trying to survive in this island. Essentially, you are thrown. Literally, the start of the game is your you you've been shipwrecked, your ship capsized, uh, you you've beached on the shore, and then you wake up alongside these creatures, which is called pals, um, and they throw you in the deep end. You don't know what's happening, you don't know what to do, you don't have anything. You are yeah. So you you just it teaches you how to walk. Yeah. It teaches you how to do the basic moves and that's about it um, so the goal actually um, is uh, un- trying to understand the world so you've you started with looking at this screen thing that says I believe it says I can't remember but I believe it says like um, the key is in the towers the truth is in the tree yeah so it's very vague so you you just walk around and start um, exploring so the kind of general goal is to just progress through the world um, it doesn't teach you how to so it, slo- uh, it slowly hints at you on how to progress through the world and I'll go into it a bit more further later but I think that's a, one of the biggest pull for most gamers is that this is one of the few games that I've played in the recent years that doesn't actually hold my hand I can like tell you how blur I was in the start, right? So when we started, we started at this beach. So it's just walking around. It's daytime. Da da da. You're doing your own thing. I was doing my own thing, and then night hit. And when night started, like like it turned into night. My character started to freeze. I didn't know what to do. I literally my HP was like being drained. I was like, what what the heck do I do? And I like picked up um, 
wood and then I made myself a campfire and then uh, and then my character like survived through the night. That was interesting. I don't think there's a lot of games like that nowadays. I think a lot of games um, either throw you straight into the action or just spoon feed you everything. So this is quite interesting flow. Mechanic, yeah, I think. Yeah. Mm, and then um, once you discover, I guess, that mechanic out or rather that the fact that it is essentially a survival game and you have to fend for yourself and survive. Mm. Um, what's that like? And also, when did you then discover Pals? And what's the relationship like with Pals? Did the game immediately establish that you can do a lot of things with Pals? Oh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, so... Basically, when you start the game, you walk around the island, you see these creatures walking alongside you. Um, none of them are uh, aggressive, but some of them actually are quite scared of you. So they were running from you or some of them just don't mind you. Uh, it's just that at some point you start to get hungry and there are chickens and their lambs are all, all over you. Which, so, are not, which are not pals, right? Which are pals, actually. Oh, okay. Which are the pals, oh, so yeah. Can technically eat yeah. your pals? Yeah. Yeah, so, so okay. Here's the thing, on in in Powell, you can't kill technically speaking a pal, but whenever you knock out a pal, it drop chunks of like lamb chops and like uh, chicken legs and stuff like that. So you can cook that. Although ironically, it's not <laughs> dead yet. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's very playful that way. Um, but also it it knows. So one thing very clear and very certain in this game quite earlier on is that the languages they use is not so young it's not for the younger audience so I think a bigger warning to say that this is not targeted to kids would be great um, but uh, they don't have that but yeah once you start playing then you start realizing oh yeah this is not for kids um, yeah but you do you do have abilities to like knock out these spells And then that's when I realized that, oh, okay, I have to like knock them out, get their meat and stuff. And then I started to, then it introduces me to this thing called a pal sphere. Essentially, if you knock uh, the life of a particular pal down to like less than 10%, you can throw a pal sphere and then it can help you out. And then later on, it starts telling you that you can just drop your pal here and then, then it'll just be around your that vicinity. And when you do you realize it starts to do things. And I did not realize this at all. Um, but yeah, later on, you start to like dig into it a little deeper. And then you realize that, oh, each spell have its own traits. It has its own strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. So then you realize that they can actually do certain things better than others. And others are really bad at certain things. And um, you start to want to do a lot more things uh, to basically progress through and just be... Yeah, better at the game, either dominating it by force or by diplomacy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how long have you played the game? I don't know, I think about 20 hours or so. Yeah. Okay. So what's your concrete play style like? You know, have you created a, a, I guess, a civilization or like a... a or like a factory of sorts <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think at this point I'm still uh, <laughs> I haven't everything's moving so fast so I haven't actually properly 
outline how my base is like. So you 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 would create a base, and that base essentially is where you store all your pals. You can keep all your pals um, in a system, like in a computer of sorts, um, and then get some of them to work. And that's the limit uh, as to how many can can you put to work. So there will be like at this point for me, it'll be twelve pals. Um, you can then create like a proper. Uh, if you've seen any clips, but yeah, you can create any proper sweatshop, if you will, right? So you can like, create. <laughs> you gotta just be transparent. <laughs> you gotta just be transparent, because it does look like a sweatshop where you know, um, one one end is creating the raw ingredients and the other is processing it, and the final end would be the literal conveyor belt of products <laughs> that you can produce afterwards. So yeah, um, I I I. I just um my my place is is a mess. Uh, doesn't have a proper system to it, but it actually does. I guess to a certain extent, uh, reward you for for that. So here's the system, like right. So you have multiple pals. They all need to eat. They all need to sleep. They all would be angry, and they all would be happy. So it's just like another corporate situation where <laughs> where if you have angry workers, they would not want to work for you. And if you have happy workers, they'll actually perform better. So things that you can actually do for your pals is literally creating a bar for them to actually go and have a drink after quote-unquote work. <laughs> and then like you have to create like beds for them. You can create like hot springs for them to have a dip in and stuff like that. Oh, by the way, it's created by a Japanese uh, team, so it has like more when it comes to like relaxing. Um, F1 for, sen and things like that. Yeah, so when it comes to relaxing, the the the, the skew is very Japanese. So it's either onsen or drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can create a bar or an onsen. So um, you you can choose to go the other route, which basically is you you just get your pals to not um to not sleep, to not rest, and then you get like more production out of that um but yeah they'll they'll rebel they'll not be happy they would not want to work so what you can do is you can then rotate them like one pal is uh, rebelling not working you just take him out put someone else in you can also get pals who are sadistic who are psychopaths it's actually part of their traits that then they will <laughs> they will actually like literally force people to work you can actually create like um these stands where they like podiums that they would go on and like shout and scream at their pals oh so it's actually having a supervisor <laughs> literally that yeah you can have like bells to make sure that they go start to work early and then like don't break and stuff like that yeah you can do that um, but so far, I am very, I guess, a good autocracy. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do with the things that you produce? Is right. it for your own consumption or do you can you like then trade them or what? Yeah, so good question because this is where the beauty starts, right? So you start off with like getting wood, getting um, stones. Uh, later on, you get like things like eggs, um, berries and wool, basic things. But... Now you have wood, now you have stones, what do you do with them? So you can then process the wood into something else, right? You can process the stones into something else. So um, they allow you to basically build better technologies. So um, you get ores as well, uh, as well. So when you have ores, you can create like a furnace, then you can melt that down into like ingots. And then from there, you can create like nails. From stones, you can um, smash it and like run electricity through it. You get cement and then... These are like 
interesting things that they do. So it's similar to like playing all those old civilization games like um, Civ Five or whatever. So when you play Age of Empires and stuff, right? So you, there'll be an age where it's just like basic wood and stone. Later on, it becomes like a proper building, and then later you start have electricity and stuff like that. So all these kind of upgrades obviously requires more like stone more wood to make better things but what they will make for you would be things like um uh better quality of life improvements i guess so you can now you start off with an axe later on you can do like a spear and then you can do like a crossbow and then you can do like a gun it 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 starts off always basic so a very basic uh shoddy gun and then later on you get like a machine gun, yeah, things like that. But on top of all that, you can also create these quote-unquote weapons. Some of them are called weapons, but it's not. It's just like a saddle and stuff that you can actually put on a pal. So you can put a saddle on a like a ball, right? And so then you can ride that ball. Or you can also, there's this one very cute-looking pal called Leaf Monk. Um, He's a small, adorable guy, but you can create a gun for him and he'll just jump on your head and start shooting other things uh, whenever we go out. So, like, that's fun. Uh, you can also create, like, for example, a glove, a mitten that you can actually wear so that you don't get electrocuted when you hold these electrified porcupines. And then you can throw that porcupine onto other people <laughs> and then it'll create, like, an electric shock. Mm. So the goal is to actually get better stuff so that you can actually get stronger pals to grow through the uh, game. Um, and then you need, I think earlier on as well, um, a tower. So a tower has a leader, a tower leader in it, with a lead pal that you can defeat. So you would lead, uh, defeat the leader and the pal, and then you basically get a badge from that tower. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a similar... Dragon Quest game, yeah. Okay, <laughs> you take over the tower. No. no, no. So once you get that badge, basically you just you are able to just fast travel to the tower, and that's about it. You don't like, you don't take over the tower. You don't technically take over the tower. Yeah. Okay. All right. So apparently in this world, there's this syndicate. Um. So okay. So that's a syndicate that's trying to take over the pals of the world to basically rule the world. Like a specific team that goes to space, um, but the irony is that in Pokemon, Team Rocket is the is just the evil group, one who wants to do exactly that. Um, in Power, we I guess <laughs> are trying to do that as well <laughs> alongside <laughs> the Syndicate group. Um, it's just that uh, I guess we are trying to fight them so that we can be better at that than them. <laughs> Yeah, or, you you can be democratic though. You can actually feed your pal proper food. You can actually build proper housing for them, proper everything for them. So <laughs> I guess that's okay. What's your playstyle like so far? You don't mind me asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm 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 a, I guess a goodish dictator. So I feed them. I I get them rest. I get them proper food. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, so so I I am a relatively good player, I'd like, say. Because in Power World, the, this is a big difference with games like Pokemon. In Power World, the Pal Sphere is used to capture Pals 
and humans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Safe yeah. capturing pals. Yeah. You know, and forcing them to work isn't bad enough. <laughs> yeah. So, like, when when you have a base, your base will be attacked by a group. So, when the group attacks, there's two options. Sometimes there's a group of wild pals attacking your base. Sometimes there's a group of, like, syndicate raids um, who wants to basically destroy your base. Um, which which you have to defend from uh, you have to defend you have to get your pals to defend you would get pals with traits who are cowards essentially then when these things happen they'll just hide and not fight um, so these are the things that you have to think about right but when the when these humans attack you you can catch them like get their HP down and then catch them with a pal spear and then get them to work in your base then they will be like hard labor for you lah. <laughs> one of those pals they'll be working alongside the pals yeah and here's the biggest thing that I've never seen I guess in the previous game maybe uh, yeah I don't know of it but you can actually catch NPCs so uh, there are NPCs across the world very few that sell things so you get like these merchants or these wandering merchants and stuff you can actually beat them up and then <laughs> catch them put them in your base so that you don't actually have to go out too far to basically find them. That's what I'm doing now. <laughs> I'm actually still traveling to their point, dealing with them rather than beating them up. But usually these NPCs would have like uh, uh, guards around them. So I don't think I can actually fight the guards off while trying to catch that NPC. But in a later stage in the game, that's something that you definitely can do. You can definitely fight off the guards catch the NPC, get him to be in your base. So whenever you need to get something, you don't need to go out and find him. You just have to buy it off him you still from to, your base. You have to, but you still have to pay you him. You still have to pay him. Oh, so okay. Okay. <laughs> still okay. <laughs> la. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, sounds like a fun game. Mm. Uh, I mean, and I mean that in a, in, in, in like fun. So yeah, it can, depending on your play style, I suppose, it can be mischievous <laughs> and whatnot. Sorry, I I do have to add yeah. that um, whenever you try to catch humans, it would say in Power it is considered inhumane to capture humans, <laughs> but it allows you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think to say, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the tone of the game is also very cheeky as well. To say right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they're trying to advise you to not do it, but they still allow you to do it. I yeah. Suppose. And, like, there will be a very angry message every time you try to catch a pal and that pal breaks off, breaks out of uh, the... the sphere. Pal sphere. So, the, the, even the messaging are, like, a bit, like, oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, they do try to be very cheeky. They, they, it's, it's, it's on purpose. So, one of the views that I've kind of jived along with is that Pell World tries to do what GTA tried to do before this when GTA just came out when GTA just came out everyone was very angry at this cartoonish looking game doing this very adult things you know like obviously Grand Theft Auto among other things like arson literal murder yeah. and stuff like that and people were very angry at that um, power don't go that hard but it still at some level is that so like you still can like do okay so that is a merchant in the game it's called the black market merchant who literally Trade spells and human beings, <laughs> so you can literally human traffic in the game. All oh, so. right. Okay. So um, this game is technically still in early access, but I think 
uh, one of the things that I read about it is that despite being an early access, it's actually it runs pretty well. So yeah, yeah what was, uh, was your experience playing the game? Right? Okay, right. Good question. Because it runs okay, I'd say. It runs okay. So being an early access game and even the devs have mentioned that even it's it's literally the first screen in the game every time you open it up, it says that they are in early access and their number one goal at this point is to make sure that it's not buggy and you can't cheat through the game. There's a lot of things that you can still do that essentially quote-unquote breaks and like basically um, kind of helps you out a little bit more than, than, than it should be helping you. Uh, so these are the things that the devs are trying to focus and uh, trying to fix for now. Uh, but being in early access, I think it's one of the better, better small indie company launches. It even is, I guess, at some point, better launches and even big ones, big companies. Uh, you do have your, I think one of my biggest gripe so far is just the graphical performance. It runs as if it's a very heavy game, but you can tell it's not that heavy. Uh, these issues usually crops up when drivers are not playing well with a particular game because the developers haven't have enough time to work with uh, the um, graphics company. But because it runs on Unreal Engine, so it it's not too bad. It runs relatively okay. Um, Graphics-wise, it's very simplistic. Um, you can imagine your Dota, your LOL, but if you were to zoom in into the characters, that's how it looks like essentially. Um, quite blocky, quite um, uh, simple, but when it comes to like specific character designs like your clothes, your armor, your pals and their, um, their weapons, it looks very, very detailed. I think I think the bit that looks very nice is the animation itself. The, the, the founder of the company really wanted to make the animation look smooth and looks, um, I guess, fluid. Um, so that's great. Uh, but yeah, it yeah, there are some glaring bugs until now that 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 people can still exploit. So there's that. Yeah, mm. and I guess to a certain extent because of the success of the game so far, um, the developers have promised that they're gonna still add on a lot of other features for the game, right? Yeah, yeah. So they've said that they will be working on um, more content to the game, but. I guess, as I mentioned just now, they are going to be focusing on the um, fixes first. Mm. Um, one of the content I would love to try, but I haven't got the chance to, is multiplayer. Yeah, I was just about to ask you that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So the multiplayer, I don't know. I can't even imagine how how um, it's going to work like on a big server. Um, because the way that the current single-player game works, I can imagine that the multiplayer will be either one versus all like a like a um like a battle royale kind of thing or uh a um, a co-op thing so i do know currently if you are if you are into playing multiplayer and you have a few friends who play in power you can create servers and then basically host the service and then your friends can jump on i do f- think if i'm recalling this correctly the limit to the multiplayer um co-op is four people so you can have four different players doing similar things so rather than just working off one base we can work off like uh, four players working off it so um, Hanif can go out and like get wood I can go out and get rocks and maybe we can get different powers to do different things so it's easier for us to grow um, a lot faster in that game so that was very interesting to me but the also other interesting bit it would be kind of like a PvP situation where 
we all players would be fighting other players. That would be also very interesting, I guess, to people who like um, Battle Royale, because this game have very similar elements to um, Fortnite, actually. So building out our structures, you can build it anywhere. And one of the things that I find extremely um, interesting and fun for this game is that you can climb literally anything. So that's interesting as well. So um, if we have that, and then you have pals, and then you can do structures. Wow. I uh, can just imagine PvP. You can just imagine battles amongst other players. It's going to be crazy and interesting. But at this point, it's so successful that they are running off um, Epic's servers to run their servers. Um, I do know that Epic had a private uh, allocation for their servers just because they are just going too crazy. But it's still challenging for you to get into it. Um, uh, they would still require you to have a code from the devs of Power to actually run multiplayer uh, games. Um, so that's that. All right. Okay. So um, it sounds like you've been having fun with the game so far. Um, do you foresee yourself playing the game continuously, at least until the 1.0 release? So I think, yeah, definitely. Definitely, I will definitely play it until the 1.0 release if it's not too far in the future. But it's one of those games where it's so dang simple for you to go in um, and, and and just play over and over and over again because it's your, your, the, the end game is, is very, very far. So at this point in time, for me, I'm level 30 plus. Um, I'm struggling for the stronger... Uh, pals to uh, I'm struggling to defeat the stronger pals but also at the same time the weaker pals is just like nothing to me right so what I'll do is I'll farm the bosses grind my way up so that I can fight and get these stronger pals um, I think one of the things that I love most about this game is the scaling the way it scales one of the main issues with MMORPGs especially the classic traditional ones is that scaling for a gameplay for a session of what one to two hours per gameplay is very, very bad just because you have to do the same thing over and over and over again. But because Power will have these spells to do it for you, <laughs> say like automation kind of style, you don't actually have to like, you know, go out and find wood, find ores, find rocks. They, these spells would actually like go to the mines for you, cut the wood for you. So it, it makes the game flow goes a lot faster. And because of that, it gets me, the player, more, I guess, a, a, a stronger drive for me to try and, like, make sure that I get, like, better pals, better, stronger characters. So I, I foresee myself playing at least three, four months into um, uh, this game for the next three, four months. Um, if version one comes out within that time period, that would be lovely. If not, then definitely something that I want to look out for and wait until it, it comes out and then I'll probably restart a new gameplay altogether and see where that goes. Mm. Um, last question. Um, the game is pretty popular right now and a lot of people have been talking about it. Um, but then again, there are also a lot of games that, you know, I guess gain popularity so fast, sooner run out of steam, right? Um, so do you think that this game is one of them or do you see it, I guess being in our consciousness for at least quite some time? Hmm. Uh, my immediate answer would be 
uh, it would not lose steam anytime soon. But I also can't say that for sure. I think uh, one of the games that have a similar vibe to this, I would say, would be Valheim. Valheim had such a big, massive following at the start, and then it died off um, soon after. But it didn't have this level of following, I would say. Um, one of the biggest things that I find very interesting is that Battleworld is running at, like, I don't know, 1.5 million concurrent plays at one point. I think it reached two, almost two million concurrent plays on Steam. Um, but still, having said that, they still have not opened up the multiplayer as a as a general availability, right, for everyone to play. So even without the multiplayer, people are playing it like crazy. Because of that, I believe it might last longer than your usual game, in- including games like Valheim. Um, I think people are going to stick to it for a long time from now. Uh, I think it's one of those games that is not too difficult for them to actually add on new content to it. You just have to create more battles, create more uh, quirky logic to it, and then now you get uh, another layer of gameplay. Uh, yeah, so definitely I think it would last longer. However, having said all that, we are going to go into a very busy February with a lot of like AAA game titles. Um, that would be something that Power will have to tackle, I guess, to keep the players. You're tuned in to GG Well Played and that was Najman Maliki sharing his experience playing Pal World, Pocket Pair's new survival game that's currently in early access. Earlier on the show, we also spoke to one Amirul Adlan, an independent game journalist that gave his take on the success and controversies surrounding this game. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on pfm.my. Our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also find our podcast on Spotify. Do share thoughts and the games that you play via our email, ggwp at pfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Apple at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. This has been GG Well Played. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.